So if you've got your Bible, turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3. Uh, if you need to take off your gloves and scarves, Tina, to find your Bible, then, then do it. Some of you are like, it's a thousand degrees minus here. <clears throat> 2 Timothy chapter 3, I'm going to start at verse 10, but I'll reference the earlier verses. So last week, we started the new year, and I offered you a challenge. And the challenge, very simply, was to decide that you were going to follow Jesus come what may this new year. Because the reality is there's all kinds of things that will happen this year that are outside our control. But the one thing we can control is that we are going to decide to follow Jesus. And we decide to follow him because he has decided on us. Amen? He looks at you and he says, I love you. I want the best for you. I've got an incredible life for you, a life to be lived in abundance in its fullness. And our response to God's decision for us is that we say, I am going to decide to follow you. Today I want to offer you and invite you to a second decision that is crucial if you want to trust God faithfully and follow God faithfully this year. Last week we talked about I have decided to follow Jesus. The second decision I encourage you to make has to do with God's word with this book. The easy decision would be to say, I am going to make a decision to spend time reading this book. That would be a good decision. But my guess is that we have made that decision at numerous points in our journey with the Lord. And sometimes it sticks and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it works for a little while and then it kind of falls flat. You know how I know that's not working? Because I see what's happening in the world. Much of it is happening because a church has forgotten the way and the word of God. But the decision I'm asking you to make today is not just to read this word, although that's part of it. I want to ask you to make a decision to let the Word of God read you. Let the Word of God read you. It is then that Scripture comes alive. It is then that this truth gets to expose falsehood in us, and it gets to change us, and it gets to transform us. And it gets to make us into the men and women who can live full and abundant lives that change this world. A little bit later, I'm going to ask you to make a decision to let Scripture read you. And I want to share three things about what that kind of life looks like. But before we do, let me give you some context 
of 1 Timothy 3 before we get to the verse I want to study in 1 Timothy 3.10. Just listen to this. I am not making any commentary on this. I just want you to let the images come to mind as I read this. But know this, Paul says to Timothy, hard times will come in the last days. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, proud, demeaning, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, without love for what is good, traitors, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding forth to a form of godliness but denying its power. Someone asked me the other day whether they think we're in the last days, and my response to that is, I, I, I don't know. But if these are the things that happen in the last days, perhaps we are. Regardless of whether or not we are in the last days, it would be wise of us to assume that we are and to live in a faithful, godly way. That's the backdrop to which Timothy is receiving this letter. You don't have to make much of a jump to see that that's our backdrop as well. Verse 10, first word is transitional. It's the word that gave Timothy hope. It's the word that gives us hope. And it's that word, but. The way that things are does not have to be the way that things will be. Because our God is the God of the but. The God who transforms. The God who changes. The God who's always offering perpetual hope. Where do we find that hope? We find it in Jesus, who was called the Word of God. We find it in the written Word of God. First of all, Paul to Timothy. But you, Timothy, have followed my teaching. You've seen my conduct. My purpose, my faith, my patience, my love, and my endurance. Those are the kind of traits that I'm excited to give myself to and to see be birthed in our world. Paul is saying to Timothy, Timothy, you have... You followed me. So Timothy's not saying this to stroke his ego. He's saying it to encourage his people. This word follow is a very specific word because it has multi-marvelous dimensions to it. There's a physical component to it. You've been with me through thick and thin. There's a, there's a mental component to it, that they are aligned diligently in this word. There's a spiritual dimension. 
Belief and behavior is tied together, theology and practice. Paul is saying something profound to Timothy. He's saying, I have nothing to hide because we have traveled alongside each other. You say, you see this happening in the world, but because we've walked together, because you have been alongside me, I have nothing to hide. Timothy, what do you see in me as we've journeyed together? You've seen the things that I've taught. Timothy had seen Paul preach many times about many things in many settings. He would have known Paul's conduct, the way he carried himself through life, how he reacted when things were going his way and things weren't. He would have seen and known Paul's purpose. The most of all, all he was concerned with was knowing God and loving God and reflecting God. He would have seen Paul's patience. As Christians, we are people of patience. This word patience is used actually twice in different forms in this passage. The first one talks about being patient with people. Timothy had seen how Paul had not lost his stuff when some idiot came up to him. You've seen my love. You've seen my endurance. This is the second kind of, of patience. It talks about being patient with difficult circumstances. It says, you've seen how I reacted when everything was going against me. The first thing that I think Paul is saying to Timothy is that you see my life and my life is reflecting the story of God's word. How do I get there? Because all these traits are things that God does. God is perfect. God does things on purpose. We meet God through faith. He demonstrates an incredible agape love. He's incredibly patient with us when we turn from him. What Paul is saying is that the word of God and Jesus, the person who is the word, is reflected in his story. We let Scripture read us so that our story reflects God's Word. Our story should reflect God's Word. If we don't know what God's Word is, then in His name we are often reflecting something that is not of Him. That happens a lot. Is our story reflecting God's word? Let me tell you why this is so important. Because most people will never open this book. And this book reveals the truth 
And it shows us the way of salvation and how to live as a fully functioning, godly, civil society. But people won't open this book. And sometimes the only scripture, the only word of God they will see is by how we live our story. And so this year I encourage you to make a decision to let the word of God read you so that your life, your story can reflect God's word. Does that make sense? He goes on. Not only did you see me reflecting in this way, Timothy, but you saw me do it against a backdrop of persecutions and sufferings. It says you saw to me what happened in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra. In these places, the first one, Antioch, Paul was trying to bring people together, but people didn't want to be brought together. And so the leaders slandered him and kicked him out of town. In Iconium, it was even worse. They stoned him. And Lystra, incidentally, where Timothy lived, so Timothy had probably seen this. We read that they stoned him in Acts and left him for dead. People thought it was done. Paul goes on, verse 12. In fact, all who want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Evil people and imposters will become worse, deceiving and being deceived. I believe the first reason that we need to let Scripture read us is so that our lives can reflect God's story. The second reason why we need to let the Scriptures read us is because the Word of God deflects trouble in our life. It deflects the work of the enemy who wants to deceive and destroy and divide. Evil people and imposters will become worse. The, the, the translation of this verse is quite interesting. It says, they will be advancing backwards. Those that deceive and are caught in perceptual deceit are advancing, okay, <laughs> but they're advancing in the wrong direction. And when we're surrounded by people who are advancing in the wrong direction, when we're trying to go in the right direction, trouble and persecution comes, right? And how do we survive trouble and persecution? It's by knowing that we're loved and by understanding that God has a purpose for us in trouble. And we understand that purpose in and through trouble. How? By reading the Word of God. If we want to deflect the persecution and the trouble, we must read the Word of God because it gives us a perspective that changes everything. As I said earlier, the gospel is the thing that takes what the enemy intended for evil and makes it good. 
The gospel is found in Romans 8, 28, where we read that all things work together for those who have loved God. Is it hard? Is it difficult? Is it tough? Sure. Is that the end? The gospel says no. But if we're not listening and understanding and living the word of God, then the tough times will destroy us. The deception will help us all advance backwards. And so we let Scripture read us so that through the difficulties and through the tough times, we know that there is another side, that there is a hope, that there is a forgiveness, that there is a redemption. We must decide to let Scripture read us. Is your story reflecting God's Word? Are we deflecting trouble with God's Word? Paul continues, finally, these last few verses. Again, as evil people are advancing... As deception is growing, he uses this word, verse 14, but. But as for you, Timothy, you're not one of these false teachers. You're not one of those who's accelerating the end times. You're the but. But for you, Timothy, you need to continue in what you have learned and firmly believe. What does he know and what does he believe? This, the word of God. Paul gives us a little understanding of why that's so important. He says, first of all, you know those who taught it to you. You know their credibility. You know how this word has worked it out in their life. Verse 15, you have known from infancy the sacred scriptures. Timothy's story is that his mama and his grandma taught him the scriptures, the Old Testament and the writings of Paul and the letters that came. And as he learned those as a child, they didn't just become uh, an app on the computer that was his life. Those scriptures became an operating system for him. Paul is saying, don't lose that. You know, as adults, some of us, some of us grew up with the scriptures. Some of us didn't. But all of us need a reset on our operating system from time to time, right? Because we start to function as the world functions. We start to live and breathe and engage in some of the things that were listed at the top of the Scripture. You've known the sacred Scriptures which were given you so that you could know wisdom for salvation. Wisdom for salvation. You know, some people dismiss this book because they say it's not scientifically accurate enough. Some people will dismiss this book because it's not historical enough. 
Some people will dismiss this book because it doesn't include some things that maybe we'd like it to include. But what we want from this book and history and science, that's not the purpose of this book. This purpose of this book is to make us wise, not for science or history or whatever, but to make us wise for salvation. And I would put it to you that in the the grand scheme of things, what we need most is salvation. And it's in this word that salvation is revealed to us. Because this word tells us of man's fallen humanity. And it shows us our brokenness. And it tells us of a Savior who was sent from heaven to save us, even though salvation looked like a big, ugly cross and an ugly death. But it also tells us about a resurrection and a life and a forgiveness and a salvation. He goes on and says, All Scripture is inspired by God. It was written by men, sure. But every one of those men and women who contributed to these pages was inspired by the the Spirit of God. He says it's profitable. He'll tell you what is right. It's useful for rebuking, to tell you what is not right. It will offer correction and tell you how to get right. It will give you training in righteousness about how to stay right. Paul's saying, this is a pretty powerful book. It's as if you let it read you, it will allow your life to reflect God's word. If you let it read you, it will let your life deflect the enemy's attack. And finally, if you let this book read you, it will affect people around you. This is what he says, verse 17. Why do we reflect? Why do we deflect? Why must we let Scripture read us? So that the man of God, man or woman, person of God, may be completely equipped for every good work. Every good work. What the world needs of the church right now, as well as us pointing to our great God, is that we do the dirty, hard work of doing good works. Who's going to fix our world problems? Let me tell you, not a political statement. It ain't the government. Never was, never will be. Who's going to restore the family? Who's going to speak truth? Who can advocate best for justice? Who can extend mercy? Who can invite people to humbly walk with God? 
It's us, the church, men and women who give themselves to God's word. And so I challenge you this year, not just to make a decision to follow Jesus, that's important, that's number one, but secondly, to make a decision to let God's word read you. Let your story reflect this word. Let this word deflect trouble. But as you consume this world, and this word shines a light on your life, let this word affect this world. We have been given a gift, but it's a worthless gift unless we open it. But don't just open it and read it. Let it read you.